I don't know if you ever get kind of weirded out with different traditions that you see that people are really into, but they're just kind of weird. Um, I just want to talk about that for a second because uh, this is the weekend where we actually go into our Catholic faith. The tradition is to give a blessing with candles. I have candles here that have been blessed. And it comes from the tradition of St. Blaise. And he, long story short, was a bishop and he actually helped a child who was choking on a fishbone. I don't know if you're choked on a fishbone, but it's not the most pleasant thing I hear. And he prayed with that child and they were able to actually, he's actually able to regurgitate it and save the child's life. So it's long story short, but there are candles involved and there's a tradition in the Catholic church. I'm really skipping over everything, but um, we put candles on people's necks and then people stay and we give them a blessing to be safe from all diseases of the throat and all other, other diseases. And people are into this and I don't know why. Um, I never grew up in a church where they did this. When I learned it in seminary, I was like, okay, let's go for it. The other one that's weird to me that I don't understand is the, is the Ash Wednesday uh, tradition, where we literally take ashes and people fill churches that usually never come otherwise, and they're there to get dirt rubbed on their forehead. Now, I don't know if you've ever had that happen to you when you go to, when you go to the Ash Wednesday Mass or Ash Wednesday service, whatever denomination you're from, um, but like, Really? Like, that's what's going to draw you. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to do a, a, a smudging ritual, so to speak, on your forehead. And that's going to make you come to church. Like, you come, never come otherwise, but you come for that. Um, that's just me venting. I don't know. It's just weird things that I kind of ponder as I go through um, the day. But I just kind of wonder for us, you know, what I really want to talk about is, is, the, is the need for us to spend time with sacred scripture. But in particular, um, I talked about it last week, but we need to be involved in scripture study. Small groups, we, we need that. And I just kind of wonder for a lot of us um, how many times we say things like, you know, uh, I, I pray, but I never hear God speak. Maybe that's been you before. I pray, but, I, but God doesn't, how do I know if it's God? And I think just very, very clearly, you know, if I invited you to, to get a, a candle put on your throat or uh, dirt rubbed on your forehead, you're like, oh yeah. But if I invite you to come to a Bible study, someone's like, hell to the no, right? Um, I don't know why people are into that, but I just want to like go into why we need scripture study, like why we need that. And especially for uh, those of people who think, well, the Bible is so old school, it's like unrelatable. I want to kind of like just punch that in the face tonight and say, um, let's test that for a second. Because, well, maybe nobody here, but you know, other colleges, people are like, they don't believe in this stuff. For example, today we have Isaiah in our first reading. We have Paul in our second reading, Peter in our third reading. Isaiah says this, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I'm sure nobody here has ever said a foul word in their mouth, come out of their mouth, or they never said swear words or cuss words. Like, you know, the word of God is so unrelatable. Um, But yet he even says that he even hangs around people who have unclean lips, who speak ill words. You know, this this is just clearly unrelatable because I'm sure like nobody here ever swears or says bad words, but like, you know, like other schools, like maybe Stevens Point or UW Madison, those weirdos. Um, That's other campuses problem, but not here, right? So unrelatable. And maybe you want to overcome that. You're like, how do I overcome that struggle? And one thing I found helpful is using the, the cross over my lips. When I found myself struggling with this, I would just make a sign of the cross over my lips and ask the Lord to help me, to, to purify my lips, something you can try doing. Even Isaiah says, I feel lost. You know, like nobody here, but like, you know, like way over on the west side of the state, like, you know, like UW River, River Falls or like Platteville, lacrosse, those weirdos, like they always get lost, but like nobody here, right? Such an unrelatable gospel, uh, our first reading we had. 
Um, he feels totally lost, yet the Lord comes to him, and he answers by following him. A man of unclean lips who feels lost decides to follow God. And then we have Paul. You know, he's somebody who actually made fun of Christians. I'm sure no one in here has ever made fun of a Christian before, but he actually made fun of them to the point of actually killing them. He persecuted them. But he said, it is by the grace of God that I have been saved. I am who I am. He's not proud of his past, but he can't help but point people to Jesus now because of what he's done in his life. The one who used to kill Christians is now leading Christians. You know, I don't know if you ever had an issue with somebody else who maybe hurt you, or maybe, I'm sorry, you know, like UW lacrosse people, or maybe like UW superior people. Um, they, had, they have people that hurt them. No one here, of course, because the, the readings are so unrelatable. But like, I, I find myself often, it's hard to go back to people I've hurt, who have hurt me and build trust with them, right? To, to go to cross that bridge. And, and, and Paul is clearly saying that he had to do that, right? And he says he's the greatest of sinners. And then you have Peter. Peter struggles with something that, um, what school have I not mentioned yet so far? UW-Milwaukee, UW-Parkside, right? Those people, they struggle with doubt. I'm sure like, nobody here does. But Peter doubts Jesus. And he actually doubts that Jesus can do miracles. You know, nobody here, of course, but like, I, I sometimes doubt Jesus. But when I, when I spend time with this word of God, he, he, he gives me hope. He gives me, he gives me light amidst darkness. Peter, however, um, does one thing a lot of people don't do is he lets Jesus into his boat. So this is Jesus teaching, right? And he, he, in our gospel, he, he, he comes into the boat of Peter and he begins teaching and he does something that a lot of us don't do. What school haven't I mentioned yet? Um, I don't I think I got them all. UWGB, they, 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 they don't listen to Jesus, right? But, um, you know, often I come to, 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 to pray and I'm kind of a blabbermouth. And, uh, but what, G, what Peter does is he's, he's mending his nets, but he's also listening to Jesus. And one thing it says here. It says, after Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon. So Peter is, is listening to Jesus, and he's kind of acting like he doesn't care because he's exhausted. And I'm sure no one here has ever felt exhausted. Or maybe that's you, right? But after hearing Jesus and acting on his word, he gets everything he ever wanted. You know, he says to the Lord, Master, we have worked hard all night. I don't know if you know what it ta- how long it takes to like, do like the, the exercise of lowering your nets and mending your nets. It's like a three-hour exercise. And he's been doing that all night. And now it's daytime. And I don't know if you're a fisherman or not, if you're in fishing, but typically you don't fish when it's light out. And Jesus, the light of the world, says, uh, one more time, please. And maybe you've been there. You've been frustrated. Like, really, Lord, you want me to do that? But he says, he trusts. And he says, at your command, I will lower my nets. And it was the love of Jesus that remained in the boat with him and that transformed everything he did. One fact that you and I must come to realize and let sink from our head to our hearts, that long journey of 18 inches, is Jesus loves sinners. You know, when Peter looked at Jesus and Jesus looked at Peter, that gaze. He, he actually, 
Peter actually caves in on himself and he says, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. But when we know that Jesus loves sinners, it changes the dynamic. You know, Jesus comes the one who doubts. Maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you have doubts in your heart that the Lord could do a miracle. Or maybe you're thinking, like, I just have a foul mouth and I don't think Jesus could, could change that. Or maybe you find yourself wondering, what does God's voice sound like? Or how is, how is he really going to help me? Or maybe you're, you've lost hope in somebody else who kind of has that Paul reputation. But what, what Peter had to do is he had to, he had to lower his nets. I think the nets are a symbol of your pride and my pride, Peter's pride, right? And Peter's in the shallow water, and the Lord says, I want you to cast out into the deep places. And I don't, I don't know what, what it sounds like to be shallow, and if you met someone who's shallow, but before I, I encountered Jesus and met him in the Eucharist and the sacrament of confession, especially by spending time with him in his word, my plans were so shallow. This is what my life sounded like when I was in college. Why are you in college? To play baseball. Why are you playing baseball? Well, because I love the game. So what are you studying? I changed my major like five times, so I'll stop at the last one I did. Psychology. Why are you studying, studying psychology? So I can graduate. Why do you want to graduate? So I can get a job. And then what? Well, then I want to get married. And then what? And then I want to have kids. And then what? Well, on Sundays, we're going to go to church. And then what? And I would have looked the person in the face without an answer because I didn't really think deeply because I was playing the shallow waters of life. Yet what's not shallow is the authentic love of Jesus. It transforms us and it calls us out into the deep places and our encounters with Jesus by us dropping our nets and trusting Jesus and looking at him in the face, especially by spending time with him in his word, we realize he's totally relatable. His word is totally relatable. And the hard thing is, for a lot of us, is at this point in our life, maybe we have some bad habits. Maybe swearing is that one bad habit for you, but maybe you have a few bad habits. But to unlearn bad habits, that's like super, super difficult. You know, unlearn swearing. Unlearn habitually complaining or judging people. And dropping your nets can be scary because sometimes we've, we fear like what other people think about us way too much. Like St. Paul, right? He had to go back and get over himself, so to speak, and start ministering to people that he maybe killed their relatives. Like, are you kidding me? But it was the power of the loving God, Jesus, that compelled him to not think about himself solely, but thinking about how Jesus looked upon him and didn't judge him for his sin, but loved him so that he could be free to be who God created him to be. And, you know, for a lot of us, when we get caught, so to speak, by things that are not Jesus, it, it weighs us down and we get exhausted. And a lot of us, maybe you're like on the brink of exhaustion already, just getting the first part of the semester, but it's the Lord who wants to meet you right there. And sometimes we think, uh, I don't really know, Jesus, if you can do that. I'm, I'm, I'm too much of a sinner. You know, we're going through this series. I'm, I'm too far gone. Like, if you, if you really knew me, you wouldn't go that far for me because deep down, I don't feel worth it. Deep down, I feel like I'm, 
um, damaged goods. And I'm really discouraged and frustrated right now. And maybe that's you. And, if that, and, it, and that what I want you to do right now is, is pull that sheet of paper out that I talked about earlier tonight. Um, it has, has, has this. And I want you to take this with you. You know, last, last week we looked, we looked at the image of the, of the door. This week I just want to talk about the image of, of the net. Again, just fact. Always remember that Jesus loves sinners. So important to remember that. And then with knowing that Jesus loves sinners, and he's totally relatable. His word is totally relatable, the Bible. Where is Jesus calling you to drop your nets? And let's just focus on doubt. Why do you doubt Jesus? Why do I doubt Jesus? Typically, it's when I think about myself and, and just me with what I'm created with, but not relying on his grace like St. Paul does. It's so easy to doubt. But like, what if you just said, I'm just not going to doubt you anymore, Jesus. I'm going to listen to you and, and see what you have to say through scripture study and then make decisions and learn what your voice sounds like. The next question is, have you ever been caught by the word of God? I mean, like where the word of God just hooked you. It caught you when you were falling and it was exactly what you needed to hear. And if so, if yes, do you go back to that in moments of, of doubt and despair and discouragement? And if not, there's a total invitation for you to get more involved with scripture study. And we offer Bible studies here. You know, that last question is, are you currently in a weekly small group Bible study? Now, when I say Bible study, most of our Bible studies are not like, okay, we're going to look at all the, the details. We'll give you a few details, but more of what, more of what those Bible studies are like is, is finding out that when you start lowering your nets, and I mean being vulnerable and you share with who you are, first of all, people don't judge you. And second of all, you realize you're not alone, which is a great feeling. And second of all, you re- or third of all, you realize that people are very relatable. They, they're going through similar things like you. Or it makes you think, I don't have it that bad. I really need to pray for so-and-so. And, and we encounter the living person of Jesus. The light shows up in the darkness. And right now, everyone's being, being invited. Everyone's being invited. And it's not me who's inviting you. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of Jesus to lower your nets and follow him more deeply. You know, one of my favorite scenes as you look at that sheet of paper is from a, a series called The Chosen. And it's when Peter is, is doing this exact same thing as we just heard in our gospel today. Maybe you're, not a, maybe you're a visual person and maybe this will help you, but um, when Peter sees the catch of fish, he falls to his knees as a sign of, repent, of repentance. And he says, Lord, depart from me for I am a sinful man. As he's at the knees of Jesus, he's kneeling at Jesus and he says, you don't know what, I'm, what I've done. You don't know what I've done, he says. And then there's this, there's this moment and a lot of people don't catch it, but it's super emotional when you watch it. Then Jesus kneels and makes himself lower than Peter. And he looks him right in the face and gazes upon him. And, and, and Peter says, Lord, I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do. What do you want me to do? And amidst all that craziness, 
in that loving gaze, Jesus just says two words. Follow me. It's the love of Jesus, guys. It's the gaze of Jesus that we encounter in Scripture and adoration. And it transforms everything it touches that you allow his love to touch, especially your doubts. But in order to follow Jesus, you got to let go of whatever you're holding on to because it's, it's dragging you down. And one way of doing that is spending time in particular with Scripture in community, in adoration. This is how Paul and Peter were transformed. And amidst all of their shame and maybe amidst all of your shame and doubts, when we hold on to our nets, the Lord is just saying, follow me. No word for that saying, let go and let God. And one way you can, again, follow Jesus and start taking that next step to know that you're not too far gone is spending time in scripture study in small group. The one thing I want to encourage you as you do that is do not, don't, don't do this. This is my problem. This is how I approach it a lot of time. First of all, don't think you can do it on your own. You need accountability. You need someone who can encourage you. But do not expect instant results. Our God is not a magician. He's a loving father. And he's patient with us. And it is by spending time in, with scripture, we begin to see the world differently. I don't know if you've ever wanted to see the world differently, have a little more hope and not doubt that it's getting so bad, but the word of God is a great way to do that. And it is our God that comes to us at Mass in the Holy Eucharist in just a moment he's going to be here. He's going to lower himself and he's going to look at you right in the face. And he doesn't look away in shame. He looks at you always with love because he wants to be with you. And he'll do whatever he can to be with you even making himself so small by transforming bread into his body and wine into his blood. And he just looks at you and he says those words, follow me. Insert name here. But we know if it's him by spending time with the word of God and letting that word wash over us and wash away all the shame, all the guilt, all the pain, all the doubt that is. We're called to do it every single Mass is put all of our fears, our anxieties, whatever our sins we're holding on, whatever we're holding on to, put it on the altar, even ourselves, and we're, we're asking Jesus, transform that. Because what I'm doing isn't working. I, I'm like Peter. I've been toiling all night. I'm, I'm not 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 years old, 24 years old. And it's not going so hot. And Jesus takes that. But you have to let go of whatever you're holding on to. So take a moment of silence just to do that and ask the Lord to help us on our journey. And always remember just simply that fact that Jesus loves sinners. Amen.